Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. In honor of Zoolander 2, what movie from 2001 that didn't get a sequel deserves a sequel? I'm Katie Rich, and I'm going with Pootie Tang. Even though none of the people involved would probably go back to make it again, that movie is weird and wonderful, and I would live in that universe for a long time. It's me, David the Seven, and I'm going to say, why not Rat Race 2? Which could be, it's a mad, mad, mad world 3 or 4. Four, because there was a sequel, as we discussed. Well, we don't know. I am Matt Patches. I am Matt Patches, and I'm going to go with the hilarious comedy Corky Romano because you guys want some Tukies? <laughs> what? Uh... Two, because it's cookies, but now it's Tukies. <laughs> Even Corky Romano wouldn't sink that low. You guys want some cookies? <laughs> You guys want some cookies? <laughs> I'm David Ehrlich, and I'm going to go with Ghost World, because I think that Terry Zweigoff's film uh, anticipated so much of the millennial affect that I would love to see what he would do, and with Dan Close and all those cats would do with, uh, with hind- the, the benefit of hindsight. That's a really also, good answer. Also, what's Thora Birch up to these days? Oh, man, living her life. Eating Koki Romano's cookies. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine then, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's It's hot. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 106. It's Tuesday, February 9th, 2016. And on this day in 1981, the most auspicious of historic events, Tom Hiddleston was born. Happy birthday, Tom Hiddleston. Before we get started, we have both a very nice review I've been told and a very nasty Facebook message, both of which I'm excited to hear about. Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. Actually, we might have two positive. That's, that'll outweigh it. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's uh, let's, let's outweigh the uh, negative with the positive. Uh... I'll, I'll sandwich them. How's that? Yeah, yeah good. Uh, Compliment sandwich. First, on iTunes, Mark Cranley says, Fresh, fun, and informative. I never miss a podcast. Fitwer covers movies and pop culture with the right blend of insight, humor, and information. The chemistry between the group is palpable. And while the claws come out when necessary, it never devolves into snark for snark's sake, like so much film media does today. Really a must-listen for any fan of film. Now, moving over to me, fighting the worm. <laughs> now page. to devolve into snark for snark's sake. Now and to go as, where... And as we said, we read what you say on Facebook. This is proof. Yeah, where no one can be held accountable until this. A message this. from Jim Picanisco. Oh, boy. Uh, and I will read it as he wrote it. Ahem. This podcast seems like it is a satirical send-up podcast of stereotypical movie critics. It is as if each member is playing a role, a caricature of your various typical critics. You have... David, in quotes, all of the names are in quotes, I should say. Oh, uh, so you have our, David, our, our fake identities. The ultra-snobby New York film critic whose favorite who's with... Uh, oh, come on. Is, no, no, no. If you're going to write negative reviews... Let argue. the man come after us in He's going to call you a snob. You are going to be a snob. Carol, and who only likes movies if only 12 other people have seen it. Any more than that, and it is T... It is <laughs> T-O popular, so he hates it. Then you have Katie, the militant, mm. fem- the militant feminist, mm. who hates the movie because the gal likes the guy. Wow. Dave Katie, Seven. stop pushing your agenda on I all of us. I do hate rom-coms. No fact. Dave Seven is the baseline, playing the role of the reasoning critic with thoughtful input. 
the worst character, and this is where uh, I will say the review starts to find a little bit of reason, is Patches. Fair. Perhaps he uses this moniker to recognize what a clown he is portraying, but he obviously just makes unbelievable and incredible statements so that he gets bombarded with clicks on Twitter. Recently, he said something along the lines of, Fox TV's Grease Live showed more directorial <laughs> skill than The Revenant. And... It's true! He did say I that. stand by it! And he is, and he is, able to say these things without laughing at himself. That's what you think. to believe that this person could actually be a paid film critic. Honestly, if you listen to the cast as a spoof of other serious film critic podcasts, it works much better. Oh. Well, that's, so it ends with a positive. That's a compliment. Sure, yeah, We're basically yeah. the Colbert show... <laughs> Of uh, the Colbert Report. It's it, it certainly uh, a record. film. All I heard is a listener that agrees with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this case, I don't know if that's going to work out for you. That we're all ridiculous. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're all ridiculous, and, and I'm the baseline, <laughs> and it's all sort of a parody. I think he's calling itself. you basic, though. Finally, that might have been an insult. Rendered excuseless says, this cannot stand. Five stars. I'm not usually one for writing reviews, but when Patches said fighting in the war room was somehow below the billions talk (laughs) podcast, I had to act. This is me acting. I thank you you for that. Can we, uh, wait, what other podcasts are we behind that we can outreach somebody else? Oh, we are currently way at the bottom. We're at 174 right now. Okay, just name one podcast that's above us that will inspire our listeners to review us. We're, we're below the Walking Dead after show right now, and there are no new episodes of The Walking Dead on. Hmm. I mean, it comes oh. back on Sunday. And we're still know. below billions, I should say. Oh, and uh, <laughs> a quick shout out to uh, the listener who offered me uh, Rangers tickets today. Unfortunately, I could not use them, but for anyone who's listening, Rangers tickets are definitely the most immediate way to my heart. Wow. So Bribery. <laughs> I, li- I thought that was the start of a potentially good trend. That was uh, <laughs> People offering you things? That was a very, well, not just things, but uh, Rangers tickets. That was a very welcome email. Wow. Um, well, please keep uh, Rangers tickets and or <laughs> reviews coming, whichever is most convenient for you. Or hateful Facebook mail. Yeah, that too. We'll read them all. And David will go to the Rangers game. Yo, get it twisted. This rush is mine. Mother Stats. So I'm going to start our tidbit by just asking you a question because I don't have the information to add. Uh, guys, what's up with Deadpool? I heard I would hate it, but it's not bad, which I'm confused by. Oh, that <laughs> makes sense. I think David to me, would disagree with you. I haven't seen it. Oh. Why, wait, why does that make sense to you? Even though, like. Uh, no. It, oh, it makes sense to you, David? It makes sense it, to me that somebody would say that to you, even though I haven't seen the movie. Just having followed uh, it through production, and I think what started off as. Like an interesting sort of postmodern script got like put on the back burner and turned into like a fan monstrosity. But we'll see what happened because two two of our two you two actually saw the movie. I mean, okay, so Deadpool is a long gestating Marvel comic book movie, hard R, uh, because it is very gory and it is full of swear words, hilarious swear words that would make fifth graders laugh like fuck and shit. They're hilarious words. And chibichangas. And sandpaper dildo. It's basically Cards Against Humanity, the movie. Um, And Deadpool walks around. I think that's generous. I think that's that's unfair to Cards Against Humanity. Uh, Deadpool walks around. He's seeking revenge on the person who transformed him into 
a mutant or amplified his mutant abilities so that he can heal like Wolverine or something. You know, he ne- he can never get hurt. So he's constantly like chopping off his own limbs or taking bullets to the chest and you can't kill him. He's a cartoon character and he can kill you and he does kill quite a few people in the process of hunting the, the guy who turned him. He's trying to get revenge on the guy who made him ugly. Is really what he's doing. That is true. He's very worried about getting back with his hot girlfriend after being turned into a shriveled testicle type person. Uh, That's how he refers to himself. And um, yeah, he just he hopes that the British stock character who is the bad guy in this movie can change him back into beautiful Ryan Reynolds. Not that he was that beautiful when the movie started. Just saying. Ryan Reynolds isn't a bad looking guy. Yeah, but he's like, he has a weird haircut in this movie. Anyway, um, why do people, people do seem to really kind of dig this movie. There are a lot of positive reviews out there. I think I'm a little more positive on it than David, um, mostly because some of the gags do work. I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. and I do too. I know, I, that, uh, too. I, know that I have an affinity for the Green Lantern movie, but that aside, I'm talking about like Van uh, Wilder and Waiting, hilarious, and Just Friends. Uh, oh yeah, the voices from last year, the Marjan Oh, Mississippi film, Grind, very good. And that Mississippi Grind is terrific. And I liked Buried. Yeah, I mean wow. Ryan Reynolds is Ground the good actor. Even, hold with that. even in the proposal, he is. Uh, yeah. he's charismatic enough. I mean, he just needs the right material, and uh, definitely maybe. And this maybe. movie is inching definitely towards maybe is charming as shit. This, yeah. mo- this movie is inching towards the right material. It's it's just you know a Gatling gun of one-liners combined with. I mean, there no. isn't a ton of action in this movie. No. Can, may I? Can I? Can I just? Uh, I, 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 <laughs> but this, this uh, is what people like about it, David. This is what the the, the fans are saying. They I, love the humor. They love the one-liners. They love the meta. So, as Dave alluded to, there's a lot of meta humor in this. They make fun of comic book movies quite a bit, especially the Marvel I think movies. If you've never taken it upon yourself to make fun of comic book movies on your own time, this could be revelatory. Uh, the idea that they would, you know, have any sort of critical thought against these holy texts uh, <laughs> this could be this sort of breakthrough. But I really, my, my problem with this with this movie, uh, my main problem. Um, beyond the fact that it's just deeply unpleasant from start to finish, is that it is uh, it, it it can't afford to be an out and out subversive spoof of the genre. It, it, there's too much money that needs to be made. There's too much money that it costs to make. Uh, at it needs to be at a full bodied superhero movie in addition to uh, being a parody of them. But because its budget was capped off at less than $50 million in order to fund an R-rated superhero movie about a superhero who is, you know, C or D grade famous at best. They don't have enough money to create a legitimate superhero movie on the scale that we have become accustomed to or that the, the way that Marvel or Fox would, would see these things or Mar- Fox through Marvel, et cetera. That's interesting. So rather than – so what happens is you have sort of a 7-10 split situation uh, and this movie rolls the ball straight down the middle. Uh, it whiffs completely on both sides. It can't commit to being one thing or the other. It does not have anything remotely resembling the wit or the uh, craft or acumen to work within its con- budgetary constraints to create something interesting. The only time that it does that is when they routinely visit the uh, Professor Xavier's school for the gifted and they're always <laughs> the same two X-Men there and eventually it's like it's almost as if uh, you guys could only afford two X-Men. It's an awfully big house for only two We, we have like the exact opposite problems with this movie. That's that's funny but, because uh, I, I kind of dig it as a straightforward comic book movie and I think the, the best scenes for me are just when Ryan Reynolds or Deadpool is is 
fighting in a kind of straightforward mano a mano fisticuffs kind of battle and or when it's not this movie's biggest problem is that it's 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 gluttonous it is a gluttonous movie where it cannot stop itself it can't just be like a few one-liners it has to make that 18th you know uh blind woman joke or it's also the 18th fat person joke it just can't can't for stop a movie itself. that has the sense of humor that I might have had in the immediate post-Tarantino landscape of the mid-90s and feels like very much in tune with that sort of burgeoning South Park sense of humor, it's also structured yes. like any one of those shitty Tarantino knockoffs that came out after Pulp Fiction. There's literally... 70 minutes in this movie almost of bizarre like it starts with an action scene that it keeps cutting back to and getting you back to the present and there's this needlessly convoluted setup for what is otherwise I mean well it's to I make sure the movie feels disguise, like an action movie which it's well, not it's trying to disguise a very routine origin story it's trying to make it feel a lot more um, sort of different and transgressive than it is, which is ultimately not at all. I mean, it falls into all of the traps that it's effectively mocking for the entire duration of the movie. And what you end up getting is a, and this is really insane, that a, the movie that is sort of predicated on its wit has less cleverness, it has less intelligent and funny lines than your average Marvel movie. That's which, totally uh, incorrect. This no, movie is totally much true. funnier than the average Marvel movie. I mean, maybe. I mean, like, the Marvel movies are only so funny, but they're there not is funny. a certain amount of. I think, especially those first few, phase two, I can take or leave, but I think that there is a reliably. Uh, str- like, the, the, those jokes are well honed. Um, I think that they've got the right. Well, you, 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 you hit on something them. that I think is really interesting about this movie. Uh, Net, D- Dave, fact check me here. Is Deadpool a character that was created in the 90s? Yes. Okay, because this movie feels so 90s, and so 90s. why is a weird thing to put your finger on. Uh, you mentioned South Park, David. The, I wrote that in my review, too, that it's like, it's the kids who didn't get South Park, or maybe South Park was stupider in its early generations, and I just don't remember that. But, like, the kids who would wear Cartman t-shirts to school and, like, quote his dirty words, and I, I just think that that is what this movie is. Or I was taught, I'm like, I want to wear my no-fear cap to this yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, God. it's the kind of, like, I, I try not to say things like this because I will always end up regretting them, but it's the kind of movie <laughs> Should that, we stop that, you? No, okay, don't, don't go. do that. I'll never learn that way. Uh, <laughs> it makes me a little, question a little bit anyone over the age of 15 who likes this movie. Like, I think any adult who finds this stuff legitimately funny, like, not just, like, a, a mirthless chuckle, as you might say, oh, uh, but is, like, really thinks that this is edgy stuff, I would be concerned Yeah, it's about. like Cal- it's Calvin pretty- peeing, but yeah. in movie form. That graphic. Uh, yeah, please take out your uh, Affliction t-shirt and uh, <laughs> go go see this film. Uh, Dave, I- wait, Dave, you're here as a Deadpool character witness. How does this sound to you? Um, uh, I mean, it sounds sort of like what I was expecting. Um, basic- because basically, there are a lot like of the- angry fans for these uh, negative reviews, so... You well, have to like, save us here. yeah, it's the what the target audience is is like the Deadpool fan is somebody who survived like the early age of ninety com nineties comics and maybe feels like that was a golden age for them or that comics has you know sort of gone a different direction since then. So it is exactly like the super violent, uh, like Tarantino era of how to tell stories. And so it's sort of weird they chose uh, Deadpool to make a movie of. Um, it's they like been really successful of them and the, to them as far as it being marketed and early screenings. So I'm pretty sure they're going to massage them into the X-Men universe 
and it sounds like they added a ton more with that than was in the original script. But the original script was like, I think before Kick-Ass came out and oh. it was like, you know, basically had the same structure where you started off and he was on his way to the final battle and you kept, you know, cutting backwards. And Deadpool doesn't have a romance. Uh, I was talking with... Certainly does in the film. Well, Joanna and I were talking to Rob Liefeld on Twitter today, being like, do we need to read anything before we see Deadpool? And he was like, it's hard because the romance is like a new dimension to Deadpool that he didn't even put in, like, the comics. So they're trying to, like, fill this character out to exist in the current superhero movie universe. I just think, like, the film was constructed and the character was constructed to be something else and it feels weird and to pop the funny thing is the here. romance well, really yeah. works for me in this well, movie i like Marina it a lot Bacharin is is a very watchable actress she brings a lot of spark to oh marina Bacharin is his yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and of I course mean, she's in a uh, faux 90s movie so she is a maybe she's a hooker but she's definitely she, a waitress no, at a at a strip club she's definitely a hooker well I mean, we i debated with a few people after the screen like is, was she joking about being a prostitute not really clear but she's definitely the waitress I, at a strip club of course i don't see in this particular movie universe i i didn't think that she was joking at all i took i mean they the they whole thing after that is them joking about how horrible their lives were right but I mean, uh, they, yeah and they meet at a bar for assassins and like underworld types yeah that was a little that, unclear that's where prostitutes would hang out i wanted john I wick to team. walk in <laughs> but uh, the, you know, well, it, well, it feels on, like gentle, such a gentle fantasy. props to Deadpool. Uh, Marina Baccarin is actually close to Ryan Reynolds' age, which is not what I was expecting. So, well, Ryan Reynolds go. is young, so I would hope. That no, he's, we he's not. Here goes young. the feminist agenda again. I know. Listen, this is uh, <laughs> this is my latest pet peeve. It makes everybody crazy. Yeah. But uh, stop casting much younger women opposite Ben for no reason. And way to go, Deadpool, for not doing that. Uh, anyway, continue. Sorry. No, I think that's a totally legitimate. Uh, complain. I just think that Ryan Reynolds is is not old enough that I, if you were to find someone who is unreasonably young, she would be like a zygote. I mean, if uh, like you, if it was like Amanda Seyfried or something, like he's born in 1976. Oh, really? There's a young girl yeah. in this movie oh, who's almost 40. If, yeah, if she was playing the Negasonic Teenage Warhead, ba- that would make a bad girlfriend. Yes, uh, she is uh, unrecognizable from her role in the new Sundance movie, First Girl I Loved. <laughs> Which everyone's seen. <laughs> Which everyone has seen, yes. But uh, one day you will see, hopefully, and you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I thought this movie was was atrocious. Uh, it's exactly the movie that I feared it was going to be, and a little bit worse. Uh, certainly a little bit cheaper. And it was news to me that it was made on, on such a budget. Um, and it all comes, it's all there on screen. I, I wanted to like this movie, and I was digging it for a while. It just can't shut up. It just can't, like, allow itself to be a good movie. Dave, hearing you describe what Rob Liefeld wanted this to be and then was surprised, like, the people injected into the story, it's like it's the only thing balancing out Deadpool as a character. I have no idea what he would be like if it was just the Rob Liefeld vision of him. It it would seem incessant. It's so excessive in every way. I can't... By the end, my head was just spinning. It's just like, shut up for two seconds and do something with your life. Deadpool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he'll be back. There's there's comedy relief in this movie. TJ Miller's in this movie. Why is there comedy relief in this movie? Deadpool is comedic. It's very odd. Anyway. Deadpool. See it! <laughs> it's a wonderful night for Oscar, 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 who will win? The nominated pictures are... All right, here we go. Are you ready? Hey, watch me now. So you I'm so glad you asked. Well, 
over the weekend were the DGA Awards. And Did Grease Live beat The Revenant? Uh, no, The Revenant beat everybody else, Ooh. not including Grease Live. I think it will be eligible next year. Uh, yeah, Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuri 2 won for the second year in a row, which is, I believe, the first time that has ever happened in the history of the DGA. Uh, and it, this is the first time, and it, I think since 2005, some, the first time in a while that all three of the major guilds, being the Producers Guild, the Screen Actors, and the Directors Guild, have all voted for different movies, if you're keeping what? track. Uh, Spotlight won the SAG, uh, Big Short won PGA, and The Revenant won DGA. So it is seriously a three-way Oscar race. And it has race. opened a portal in it Egypt. It's opened a portal into a new aliens. Movie. Oscar yeah. Isaac, dressed as Apocalypse, oh, is I coming through. Going- I thought we were going with Gods of Egypt. All, is how that it's Oscar happened. Isaac and Gods of Egypt. It's a big oh team up. Oh, my God. Unholy <laughs> Thanks, award season. <laughs> yeah, award season got real crazy this year. Uh, I find it really satisfying because deep down I don't really care who wins and I kind of want chaos. I was kind of hoping George Miller would win the DGA or maybe Ridley Scott, who was not nominated for an Oscar, just to really make things crazy. Uh, but right now it's a legit three-way race between Spotlight, The Revenant, and The Big Short. And I don't think anyone can say with any confidence what they what is going to win. So my my bridge of spies. Win, uh, so I can beat David on my bet. My bridge of spies prediction is not going to happen. I don't think that's no. Gonna but I was just rewatching the today for something I have to do for work, and it's uh, that's a delightful movie. Wait, bridge of spies or spies? Yeah, bridge of oh. spies. Yeah, yeah. We got a good copper best picture. Da- is David? Think. You're still confident in Spotlight? No, I actually think Spotlight's probably going to win. Wow. I'm less confident than I was and would like to be, <laughs> but I think if anything is going to be Spotlight, it will probably not be The Revenant. It will probably be The Big Short, which would be, be upsetting the because The Big Short's a giant piece of shit. But, uh, F you. What are you going to do? <laughs> I've been trying to talk myself into Mad Max as being the consensus vote somehow because no. I think it's I the think... only movie that people don't strongly dislike for some reason uh, or another. No, Spotlight is the only movie that everybody likes, although I think The Big Short... It's the people seem somewhat unanimous around the big short, but I think the preferential ballot probably hurts Mad Max. Mm. Did Mad Max win anything big? No. So how could it possibly win? There's no because things are crazy. Like if there was another Guild Award, like maybe it would win that somehow. Is this what what happened to Argo? Is this an Argo year? Because Ben Affleck did not win the DGA. Right? Argo. Well, no, Ben Affleck did win the DGA, but wasn't nominated for the Oscar. Oh, right. Okay. And that's kind of how Spotlight is still the Argo of this year. Well, no, I mean, Argo, Potentially, if it wins. I mean, Argo kind of won just because Ben Affleck didn't get nominated for director in a way. Like, that was what solidified that narrative, which isn't the case this year. Um, wait, wait why, is, why else is Spotlight the Argo? Well, Spotlight has always been, speaking of those movies that everybody seems to like, Spotlight has always been that movie that, if, it's, if you're everybody's second choice, that tends to bode very well. So, I can see that. I mean, that's been my if it's, from the if it's the second choice winner, then I have no problem with it. It's better than, you know. Everyone's second choice was better than Argo. Yeah, it's better than Argo. The Danish girl did not quite crack the uh, the top ten. It is not a uh, is not a best picture nominee, so we're safe. Ouch. Uh, Anyway, it's fun year. So if you watch the Oscars, uh, you if you don't know what's going to win best picture, you will not be alone. There are a a lot of people who are self proclaimed experts who don't know what's going to happen. Wait. So final predictions here. Now that we we had one. Uh, mini segment where we all guessed, but now we have to lock our votes. I think. Is this, is this how it's going to go? I feel like it has to go this way. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go spotlight, even though I bet money against David that it would not happen. I, I think wow. that's most likely the scenario. I know. I could still win though. <laughs> uh, I'm sticking with spotlight. I'm going the big short. There you go. Oh shit, Dave. What about you? Uh, well, I think Spotlight, but I'm going to go with The Revenant, because fuck all y'all. I'm the, the baseline. 
<laughs> Slapping the base. I like The Revenant. Standing by it. Although, if The Revenant wins this picture, the backlash is going to be so exhausting. Puppy, monkey, baby. 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 So we all watched the Super Bowl, right? Right? Yeah. Bree. So usually the thing that breaks up the tedium of those NFL broadcasts for people like me and David who don't follow the NFL are ads and commercials and uh, trailers for movies. And uh, because we are a pop culture podcast, I don't really want to focus on Puppy Monkey Baby or that horrifying wait, sonogram. Wait, wait, you don't Let's spend on one Puppy minute Monkey talking Baby? about Puppy Monkey Baby. Because I have made a three-minute extended loop of Pucky Monkey Baby that's on the Fighting in the War Room site right now. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why, well, what is your obsession here? So you're pro Puppy Monkey Baby? It's so it's like uh, we used to honor like Super Bowl ads that like mm-hmm. told stories or like jokes, and now it just seems like the ones that I'm remembering are like more hitting the the what the fuck factor than they used to be. They're not like a tiny you know Shetland pony makes friends with a Clydesdale anymore. Are you Puppy Monkey this- Baby? They like have to like latch into my nightmares <laughs> like the Doritos Baby. <laughs> Puppy Monkey Baby or Jeff Goldblum's Bizarre Apartments.com commercial to like oh, yeah. be something that I actually rewatch. There's nothing like your subconscious uh, farming sponsored content out and uh, promoting it within your dreams. Yeah, no, it works. How about uh, Willem Dafoe dressed as Marilyn Monroe? That's a pretty good one. I laughed at that ad. I, don't, I, I was shamed by the people around me, and I think maybe rightfully so. But, I mean, it uh, is the scariest movie Lars von Trier never made. <laughs> I think we can all look forward to that being a feature of his next film. Was, that was a weird um, one because it seemed like the punchline was like a moan from everybody. Like it seemed funny until they made Marilyn Monroe say something after her yeah, death. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I should have just left him in Will and Defoe's legs. Uh, so anyway, Puppy Monkey Baby aside, there were a bunch of uh, ads for movies, kind of all the requisite big ones. And I, I'm like trying to run down in my head which ones even aired. And all of them were depressing and bad. Does anyone want to argue with me on yes. this one? Okay, which uh, one was not depressing and bad? I am going to go to a bat for a movie that I will almost certainly loathe. <laughs> but uh, I thought that it was the only remotely clever bit of marketing corporate synergy of the night, which was the Turkish Airlines ad yeah, for yeah. Batman v Superman, which uh, if you didn't see them or watch the game, rather than being straight up uh, ads for Batman v Superman, uh, they mercifully spared us any footage from the movie uh, and instead had these very bright, glitzy, poppy, and optimistic ads. One in the classic style of the Batman vs. Superman TV show that I used to watch on the animated show that I would watch growing up. Uh, They had one for Metropolis and one for Gotham. You had Bruce Wayne talking about how Gotham was rebuilding and had this bright future and fly Turkish airs to visit it. And then you had Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor saying essentially the same for Metropolis. Um, And they were such a blast of fresh air and relation to what we've seen so far from this movie uh, that, you know, it almost made you want to hop, hop on Turkish Airways. And <sighs> Turkish Airways is great, Airline. There's something egregious about that, like infiltrating the world of the film with the actual ad. Like, I mean, I Wait, hated we, the Hulk Ant-Man Coke commercial. Oh, that was really dreadful. Because that's just these characters... That's just these characters, like, being farmed out. I stood up as soon as I saw Ant-Man on television and took a piss, so I have not seen it. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I I thought that the Turkish Airlines ad was was clever. It's a way of sort of um, 
providing context for the movie, for using these well-known characters uh, who we don't know as these particular actors, like these versions of those characters, but sort of using their uh, understood history to um, set up the city. And it's and I think they, they would both, both of those characters, as far as my understanding of them goes, would jump at the opportunity to sell their souls for uh, some, some ad dollars, particularly if it can help their faces be made more synonymous with the cities that they call home and rule over. I thought it was very, no, very clever. No, I like, yeah, I like your argument for that. Uh, those at like the amount, like you know, the shot of Ben Affleck smiling in front of a Turkish Airlines logo is like a little bit weird, but it was at least clever, unlike basically every other ad that came out, yeah. which maybe as Dave was saying, like it's not about being clever anymore. It's about just like worming its way into your subconscious. And so the when more... The, when the stewardess comes over and like reaches into his lap and he smiles on the plane, I mean, there, that's definitely done with a wink and a sense of humor. You are obsessed with this commercial. I wrote a post on all the commercials today. I watched it a few times. What'd you think so, about wait, uh, okay. Puppy Monkey Baby, uh, David? <laughs> Puppy Monkey Baby. Is he in uh, Batman vs. Superman? Is he part of the Justice <laughs> League? He's Honestly, going to be now. That's the big third act seen, spoiler. <laughs> Puppy Monkey Baby. Having seen the CG that they use for whatever monster it is that they fight. His name I is Doomsday. Might, I might almost prefer Puppy Monkey Baby. <laughs> so, at, yeah, least then... it's, uh, at least it looks like a practical effect. True. Uh, beyond that, we've got uh, X-Men Apocalypse, which is, continues to look like a, a nightmare that I dreamed up of, like, the worst way to waste a bunch of people I like. Independence Day Resurgence, which should be fun, but never looks fun in practice. Independence Day Resurgence. Like, especially because the first movie had such a memorable Super Bowl ad. Yes. Yes. This one is just hilarious because it's like, now they're throwing our own cities at us. Right. They turn the city upside down and they're crashing it. They pick it up with gravity the and then they throw it back down because, Jesus. as Jeff Goldblum tells us in classic Independence up. Day well, voice. I, w- I want to hone in on something here because it's like, yeah, we're talking about movie marketing, but we like Super Bowl movie trailers because, they well, they get us ready for the summer blockbusters. Uh, but they're an art in themselves, right? You're talking about that Independence Day trailer from 96 i think the 96 super bowl and that was just like that was mind-blowing uh it wasn't footage from the movie it was just it was kind of played like this turkish airlines it was footage from the movie no i uh some of it was some of it was was. was, uh it's the the essentially it says enjoy the super bowl and maybe your last and the giant alien spaceship hovers over the white house and blows it to smithereens no there's lots of shots of around the world too that aren't in the movie i think okay well it's fine so it's anyway it's very ominous as well but it's sort of the ridley scott's 1984 commercial of movie ads um, in its totally. own way. <laughs> well, was it the first of its kind to go into the Super Bowl like that? Like, is it known to have set that standard? I don't know if it was the, uh, you know, certainly there had probably been movie commercials during the Super Bowl, but it, it, to the best of my knowledge, which is admittedly probably flawed. Well, uh, we were also the, the exact that, right age. Right. It was the first this. that uh, that I think exploited the event to its own purposes that was made just for the Super Bowl that really capitalized on the fact that 100 million well, Potential moviegoers were watching. I wrote about this uh, a few years ago at Vulture, but it was it was one of the first trailers that had like a money shot, right? Like it was building yeah. to that uh, blowing up yeah. the White House moment, and you didn't really have that in trailers before then. They were just here's the story, or and that's now standard for, for Super Bowl trailers, right? And now all the trailers, like the Independence Day Resurgence, is just one long money shot. There's no money shot. You blow the load in the first like microsecond, and then you just keep going. It's ferocious. Um, it's disgusting. Like you, what, what Liam Hemsworth turning 
uh, the, the handle of some spaceship is the only oh, okay, breather no, moment in that whole trailer. There might be a money shot in this trailer, which is the first shot, which is the jets flying over the stadium and then immediately being pursued by the alien craft, which had me laughing throughout the rest of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it was funny. I don't think the first shot in anything can be a money shot by definition. But but no, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's the problem that these trailers are so overloaded with the money shots that there's no such thing as a money shot in a trailer anymore because you start with that huge moment off the bat. That but was the only moment that I felt moment. like that's I could contextualize. I don't know what else is happening in that trailer and the X-Men Apocalypse right. trailer, yeah. which is just a whole bunch of oh particle God. effects being thrown at me. Can Actually, I, there I is talk, a money shot there. Talk about this? Psylocke, uh, Olivia Munn flipping through a car. Well, <laughs> yes. I think what they're trying to make the money shot is Oscar Isaac strangling Jennifer Lawrence, but it just bums me out. Yeah, no, it's, like she's seeing got a the two of them painted blue and looking at each other. Yeah, they both look terrible. I mean, we're kind of used to her as Mystique, but the whole point is that they keep her out of the Mystique getup for a lot of the movie. And then Oscar Isaac is just trapped in this like gray blue latex, and it's it's horrible. He was probably do good in a Star Trek movie. There was one yeah, great sure. money shot out of all the trailers that aired during the Super Bowl, and it was surprisingly in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two trailer. Yes. I think I watched that one. And it was oh, when you get to trailer. see Krang, the ultimate tw- pang of 90s nostalgia, the brain, living brain inside of a robot. Like, this is the, this is what it's come to. Um, that was the only thing that really like, And they kept his design up. from the 87 cartoon. <laughs> the is it the big brain? Yeah, like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It looks, it, it, it's a Transformers movie. I mean, they've completely co-opted the aesthetic of the Transformers movies down to the floating alien spaceship above New York. Uh, this, this, is, this is producer Michael Bay exerting his will. Although, actually, that uh, profile on Rolling Stone with Michael Bay for 13, uh, God, what's yes. it called? 13, 13 hours. hours. Yeah. You, uh, I mean, you, you worked there. Did you read it? I did read it. I did <laughs> read he it. Just, he's talking. Of, <laughs> is he going to say no? Well, part, part of, yeah, you shouldn't say no. Part of the interview takes place in the editing bay for mm-hmm. Teenage Ninja Turtles, and he's commenting on Krang, this brain. He, looks, he says it looks too much like a testicle. Uh, take like get rid of all these things hanging off of it. Uh, I just think that's really funny, and I hope it looks. It's like interesting a because like so much of the teenage mutant or the, the, the what is it out of the shadows is like pretty much exact scenes from the 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles draft where they were going to be aliens. Like I was looking back over it today because I watched the Super Bowl shot, and I'm like, that's obviously the Technodrome assembling itself over New York, and so I turn back. And they're, like, exact lines in this trailer from that script. So it's going to be interesting to see how much uh, the cartoon plays an influence on it. But I definitely agree that, for me, it wasn't seeing the brain inside Krang. It was seeing the pan around and seeing that they were going to make his body, like, that crazy design with the 80s single thing sunglasses and, like, the bald Aryan head. I was like, this is just ridiculous. I'm, I'm down. Nothing in this conversation has made me feel better about summer movie season. What about Jason Bourne? Actually, I didn't even uh, watch that. I was doing something else. I was doing something else, and then it was over, and then I just. I mean, he runs around like Jason Bourne does. There's not a lot. Sure, to... I like Bourne movie. If if they could have uh, just neuralized everybody watching it to forget about the Bourne legacy, they probably would have Man. done that. I think most people don't remember it. Right, but the whole oh, yeah. the whole point of this commercial is sort of short 30 second jab was was born is back forget about that time born wasn't back he's back yeah. now we got Paul oh hey Greengrass. tommy lee jones is in this tommy, also bonus tommy lee jones <laughs> and uh if you're doubting born boom 
left hook to the jaw. I really like the tagline, you know his name, which is basically the the nicest way of saying forget about that other guy. Yeah, it's also, you know, I, I, I what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, that I'm bummed out that they're going the Rocky Balboa route with the, with the title. Yeah. You should have just so been you know born again. Tagline. Born again. Yeah, come on, guys. It's right uh, there. Born on the 4th of July, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but I, I like the, you know, born and then some strange noun that ends in Y. Yeah. It was a good, they had a good format. Born, born fallacy. Quirky Romano I'll give you a fallacy. That's what the uh, villain would say. Yeah, that looks fine. The born. The, um, what's interesting about Born is it doesn't look like the other Born movies. Even the Paul Green, like Paul Greengrass, is back, but it doesn't have the like crazy shaky stuff or the grit of those previous Born movies. I wonder. And it's got a big up. car chase in Vegas, which is surprising. Maybe it'll cross over into the Ocean's Eleven universe, and we'll have finally unify all movies. Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for that. <laughs> the mega franchise. So, so does it matter that's these Super Bowl trailers are kind of underwhelming. Does it say anything? I mean, oh, it says something uh, about the movies, I guess, right? I I'm mean, annoyed that I feel like in previous years they, you know, you can only, only so many movies can afford large chunks of time during uh, during sure. the actual game, and very few of them, even like the Jungle Book, which released a full trailer, uh, but only like, online guess, like, commercial during the game, right? And the trailer was online. But I feel like in previous years we got more full length trailers, at least. Uh, yeah. And now everything this year was thirty seconds, a minute at most. Um, so does this you know, mean there's nothing coming out? Every bit of incentive. No, I just think that there's the same number of movies coming out. They're just they're putting their money elsewhere. They, yeah, they're not willing to spend the money on the Super Bowl ads because everyone's looking at their phones during halftime anyway, or during a. It was weird to see place. Ten Cloverfield Lane come out with a trailer that was that much more substantive, uh, considering like that movie's budget was probably what they spent putting that ad on television. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, now we know there's a uh, glowing house and roaring. And yes, the the roaring uh, carries a lot of weight with me. Why why is why is that? Oh well, I I mean, I think that um, my my my, this goes back to an earlier episode, but my gut tells me that uh, while the movie is not you know a full born Cloverfield monster sequel to Cloverfield, that it has. it has a little bit more to do with Cloverfield than um, a it did originally, and b that uh, than many people may think. And I think that that shot of the house, there's just a lot about it that sort of put it a little bit closer to that uh, OG Cloverfield register. Yeah, OG Cloverfield. We've been in the same corners of the internet. It sounds like. No, I I don't go to any of those corners. I'm just going off what I, what my eyes tell me. Just, da- just David's personal corner of the internet. Yeah. So maybe I'm just too focused on X-Men Apocalypse. Reading like a comment <laughs> section or like a thread about any of these movies, Dave. Really, I can see you on a Cloverfield comment thread. Yeah, no. are you not I'll, participating I'll, I'll, in the viral? Have you not ordered your soda to get your puzzle piece yet? Wait, are you being serious? <laughs> yes. What is really? what is up with the ten Cloverfield? Field Lane viral campaign. So whatever soda they're drinking in the trailer is real. <laughs> you could order it. Oh my god! And uh, I guess it comes with puzzle pieces, apparently from the puzzle they're doing in the movie. Uh, I, that's as far as I've gotten into it. And then when you like put them together, week. it leads you to more soda. Who knows? But the the slusho thing also rebooted to 2016 so slusho's back. Uh, as I said when we talked about Cloverfield as a segment a few weeks ago, I only. 
ever allow myself to care about this viral garbage after I've seen the movie. Uh, I find it really hard to be interested about these things before I know what it is that I'm supposed to be interested in. Um, but I will say that I've always had this weird antipathy towards slusho. Everyone's always like, oh, slusho, slusho, it's in Cloverfield. I'm like, there's so many more interesting little Easter eggs in Cloverfield than this fucking soft drink. Well, the soft drink's <laughs> in a whole bunch of things. It's what connects yeah. it to, like, Heroes and all the other JJ. Yeah, but it doesn't universe. really connect it. And, like, why would I want to acknowledge anything that connects something I like to Heroes? Does it, does, is it in Star Wars? Did he lose slusho out of Star Wars? I think it's I out don't of think I, Star I don't Wars. think it's in Star Wars. It's in Star Trek. He has sure. Greg Gunberg Yeah, instead. I know it's in Star Trek. <laughs> Greg Gunberg. When does Greg Gunberg come out in uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Snap Wexley. Why was I just watching that Greg Gunberg was in Star Everything. Wars? He popped up in something old, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Grunberg. Ruined. Were you just watching Heroes Reborn and didn't realize it was no. Heroes Reborn? I was, that has happened to me where I've turned on television and I've seen like someone having a gun pointed at their head and been like, what is this dumb-looking shit? And it was Heroes. Re- Heroes Reborn. Excuse me. Um, well, I guess the only trailer we didn't talk about was Captain America: Civil War, a movie I cannot get yeah, excited see, for at all, that and movie I don't looks, know why. Yeah, that movie was that trailer was so inert. A bunch of people staring at each other. But it's very Who Super Bowl. Right oh, right? none of them will die. <laughs> Nothing will happen. Yeah, Katie. According to Dave, some of them will die. That okay, is fine. Some of the important ones will die. <laughs> well, yeah, you're just. Uh, it's even a comic even book if they world. do, I read some article that Dave uh, wrote today. I did read this. See, you did go on a corner of the no, internet. No, what Dave, what Dave writes is not a corner of the internet. It is a, a friend of mine <laughs> intelligently opining about things that make me mad. Uh, but <laughs> I, Everyone uh, needs that. You know, even if they do kill such and such and so and so, there are no That's Captain such and such and Miss so and so to you. I mean, sure, yeah, they killed Captain America. It's like that line in Galaxy Quest. And like, oh, we just invented the whatever. (laughs) 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 It's undone. Yeah, so I did. Yeah, I really, I don't know. Those Avengers movies seem to like have lost all sense of stakes for me. Ultron had the same problem. I think for this one, it's a mistake to not show Spider Man. This was your time to loop in the people. Oh, to show them in the Super Bowl trailer? Well, because there's the two sides, and Captain America's side has six, and Iron Man's side has five, because it's supposed to have six, because Spider-Man's in that scene. Uh, and so it's like pulling back. Him? No, no, he's, so I think. So Spider-Man is like standing next to Black Panther at the yeah, end of that row? Yeah, he's like on that, the end of that row. Those teams seemed a little out, outmatched. Why? Uh, I'm no expert, but like... Wait, no, I want to hear your opinions on this. <laughs> and I, I couldn't remember exactly who was on what side, but one side had like Vision and... Uh, Vision, Black Iron Man, War Machine. Iron Man. And Iron Man, yeah. That's... I mean, that, against like fucking Bucky or whatever. Dude, Bucky sucks. Bucky was trained by by Russian assassins. KGB Whatever, bullshit. the Bucky team has, uh, has the Olsen, and she's yeah. pretty powerful. She can get so. in your mind, man. Yeah. Yeah, I wish you. I wish this conversation was on our comics podcast. We should have David on to be like, "Who's got the stronger <laughs> Civil War team?" David Ehrlich with I, the report. You should have me and David just host it for one week and be like, "So, which of these things do you care about? Which comic did you read?" <laughs> well, summer movie season is coming. Funky Winker uh, Bean. Sorry. It's gonna be great. Uh, I just, I just so fondly remember when Fast and Furious 6 had the Super Bowl spot and it had the p- car driving out of the nose of the airplane, and I was so happy. And then that movie blew. Yeah, it did. So, you know, who knows? But I think it's totally, you know, valid to get excited and invest in seeing a fun Super Bowl commercial. It is what the day is about. It is about 
disgusting commerce, um, but it's also <laughs> about these blockbuster movies. I mean, could there be a more blockbuster event than the Super Bowl? Uh, it's screaming for for superhero movie uh, teases, and you you want something to you know win you over and get you excited for this wave that's coming each year that seems the sameness is pervasive now and we see it in the the trailers you want something to get you pumped up how can you not cut an amazing trailer anymore you know i remember yeah where's like the like suicide squad or like something that's coming this summer that we don't know we like yet well no, Zack snyder like is the us- king of this but he gave his time over to the airlines which is because he's the one that yeah. usually delivers like the trailer that's so much better than the movie. Oh, I think he was the king of this. I think that the uh, that that has gotten away from him. People were sort of amped about the man, the Man of Steel stuff, but I think all I can only speak for so many percent, such a percentage of the internet. But my impression, uh, and certainly borne out by my own feelings, is that everyone has been pretty underwhelmed by even the promo footage from Batman v Superman, and it just sort of feels like uh, the days where you could fool us with Sucker Punch are long gone. <laughs> I think there should have been a Ghostbusters trailer. I think that's what I've decided yeah, was missing. That would have been. Uh, I thought that was amazing. a guarantee after you know showing the Legos or whatever. Come on, just yeah, show people like this a, movie and and yeah. at the broiest event of the year. There has to be. A, yeah, they probably were worried about all the dude, like all the dude backlash. Good. Like, already all over the internet. I know, good, but like, you know, you don't want that to be the narrative of your movie. It already is. Well, you know. But did, I don't know. I mean, really, I'm excited to see a trailer for it too. I sincerely hope it's funny. So that that I maybe that's the thing it was missing. I didn't even realize I was looking for. But there was an ad for Mike and Dave need wedding dates. So was there was that actually during the game? I only saw I that know. during. Uh, I, didn't know. I, I don't think so. During, but it was in Colbert's my email. Holy shit! That movie. Yikes! Is that a dirty? Gra- uh, is that in universe? With Dirty Grandpa? <laughs> I think it's a Dirty Grandpa sequel. Dirty Grandpa-verse? Listen, all I'll say is that um, I, I went to see Hail Caesar again this uh, weekend, and for the fifth or sixth time, the Neighbors 2 trailer slayed. Yeah. So, <laughs> bring it. Yeah. That and uh, Now You See Me Too are the most important movies of the summer. Oh, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Best dumbest movie. Well, I guess the point of this segment was to say that there are many, many, many more movies coming for the rest of our lifetimes, and we'll be uh, talking about them. <laughs> An enslavement to, to culture. Be, and none of them have to be Independence Day resurgence if we don't want it to be. But which one has Puppy Monkey Baby? Only the one that you're going to make, Dave. Or Ghostbusters. Once you license, what was Puppy Monkey Baby a commercial for? Mountain Dew. Puppy oh, Monkey God. Baby. Maybe Puppy Monkey Baby will get its own television show, like the Cavemen did. Oh yeah. Yes. Did the Budweiser Frogs ever have their own TV show? And if not, I'm surprised no. that they didn't. But I wouldn't be surprised if Puppy Monkey Baby made a, a return. If you look closely in the credits for the commercial, it does say Puppy Monkey Baby will return. (laughs) (laughs) They promised. (laughs) The continuity must exist. All right, fine. Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey Baby. That does it for today's Fighting in the War Room. We will not have a review this week due to various conflicting schedules, but uh, you can find David's review as you later, too, on the internet somewhere, I'm sure. He is forbidden from speaking about it now. So, David, don't do not do it. I know you want to weigh in. Don't do it yet. Uh, and How to Be Single is coming out, too. No idea how that is. I hope it's good. 
I, you know, a Wednesday screening is not the best sign, but who knows? I saw a lot of women on Twitter complaining about jokes, about looking at each other's vaginas or something, or maybe like pubic oh, hair like, jokes. I'm yeah, not sure. there's a pubic hair joke in the trailer. It didn't go over well with some ladies I follow. Because they're saying that nobody looks at each other's pubic hair. I guess. Can you dispute that or I agree? I do not think that. Has, I don't think that has ever happened to me. Well, if you, you want to look at pubic kind of hair, you, other people you pull it out. You don't pull it down. What? You like it, you pluck like, some hairs, it? and you're like, this is the pubic hair. You don't like pull down your pants and expose like a year. <laughs> well, no, they're like no. in towels in like a sauna. Yeah, no, I don't think so. That like, happens. presumably, like your towel. Uh, anyway, anyway, how to be single also comes out. Sounds hilarious. <laughs> we'll be back next week to probably not talk about pubic hair anymore. I apologize to everyone that just happened to. Uh, in the meantime, tell the people who you are. I am Matt Patches. I am the entertainment editor of Thrillist.com, and I am on Twitter at Mr. Patches. And we have a website, FightingInTheWarroom.com. You can share the episodes. You can comment on them. Uh, you can talk about your pubic hair, I guess, if you really want to. That's, that'll be weird. Oh, boy. Yeah, don't, I mean, you know what? Don't do that. Do not do that on FightingInTheWarroom.com. <laughs> Uh, I'm David Ehrlich. I'm a staff writer at Rolling Stone. And uh, for the meantime, uh, also a critic at Slate. You can find me on Twitter at David Ehrlich. You can find all of us together on Fighting in the War Room on Facebook. And apparently, as we learned earlier this episode, if you send us messages, nasty or otherwise, a stress or otherwise, uh, we will read them on the show. Uh, I'm Dave Gonzalez. Spell my first name DA70. It's also my Twitter handle. I write at geek.com and latino-review.com. I also do some more podcasts at fightingintheworldroom.com. This week, Thought Bubble is coming back, which uh, talking about comics and comic book culture. And then also because people have been asking, yes, Storm of Spoilers will be back in April. Probably not before. But we'll be back and we'll catch you up well before HBO picks up the new season of Game of Thrones. Be back in time for there to be a season of Game of Thrones to spoil. I think that's pretty accurate. Yep. Uh, I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at vanityfair.com, talking about all kinds of things. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Katie Rich, K A T E Y R I C H. And we're all on Twitter at F I T W R, where you can talk to us. You can uh, talk about whether or not Channing Tatum is as good as Gene Kelly. The answer is no, but it's still an interesting conversation. And about the all Kate Blanchett remake of the Philadelphia story that I really want them to make. Or you can just answer this week's lightning round question, which was In honor of Zoolander 2, what movie from 2001 that didn't get a sequel? deserves a sequel uh thank you so much for listening and we'll be back talking to you next week puppy monkey baby